0: Hi, I'm Frankie Frane, and I've been making movies since I was a kid. I've made four low budget feature films of varying success, and I've been to film school twice. For better or worse, I've developed a science for completing feature length films on pocket change, and it has a lot to do with the conversations you'll hear on this podcast with teachers, friends, and artists. You don't have to pay 40 grand a year for bad advice. This is Discount Film School. Welcome back to Discount Film School. Uh, this is an emergency discount film store. Emergency. <laughs> we've been Lord. having an ongoing conversation. Uh, uh, it, those those of us uh, who stay in contact a lot and you hear from a lot, uh, we, we hang out in this little chat room called Slack. Uh, redcowentertainment.slack.com. If you want to join in and chat with us, you're welcome to do so <laughs> as well. But um, we've been talking, and by we I mean uh, E.J. Massa, who's been on the show, and John Hunt, who's been on the show. Uh, we've been talking about specifically why the Hobbit movies don't look as good as the Lord of the Rings movies. And we want to break it down and talk about it. Now I know John hasn't seen the third one, but he saw the other two. EJ, did you say you haven't seen any of them? I've seen the Hobbit, the first one. (laughs) You're just going to call it the Hobbit. It's not Uh, like
1: Star Wars. It has its own subtitle. It's it's the Hobbit. A new hope.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Episode four, the Hobbit. Uh, Phantom Um, Menace. Did you, at the time you saw it, which I'm guessing was like two years ago now.
2: Uh, at, yeah, at, the ta- like-
0: at, at the time of this recording, the third one just came out, uh, called uh, "Return of the Jedi," <laughs> right. uh, <Yeah>. the, <laughs> the Battle of the Five Armies, um, and I was a little let down by it on a whole kind of like I was let down by the whole film series. And th- that's coming from a really big fan of Lord of the Rings. There was a time when I considered the Lord of the Rings films to be some of my favorite movies. I made a cartoon in which I used the Lord of the Rings, which I thought was a like an exemplary example. It's a weird phrasing. Um, a, a really <laughs> great example of special effects, uh, how to integrate special effects with miniatures, with models, with costuming. Um, and th- that was like 2001 to 2003. And and the whole premise of that Lord of the Rings by George Lucas cartoon was if George Lucas had done it, he would have fucked it all up. Now I'm eating crow. The, the internet wants me to eat crow because these Hobbit movies came out. And, uh, and they're supposedly like the prequels, but they're not like the prequels. They're not. They're, they're, not, they're no. fine, fine movies in general. They, and that's the, I, how I would describe them. They're
3: fine. I don't even know about that. I, I You know, if, if I compare them against movies that are coming out today, like films in the Avengers series, you know, anything that's big action, which is basically what these films are, they, I don't know. They're not quite standing up. Um, They've got some...
0: I, 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 would, I would argue that where the things like the Marvel movies succeed at action and a few like major kind of like blockbuster areas like that. I I still think the Hobbit has some really nice moments. You got to find them. You got to dig through a lot of shit to find them, but it's got a few nice quiet performance moments. Like there's the scene in the first one with Gollum. I thought I, I, I revisited that recently.
1: Yeah. That was my favorite scene in the whole movie. Like, uh, I remember watching the movie, um, I watched it with, with my sister and uh, my wife and my brother-in-law, and they all fell asleep. I watched the whole thing while they were sleeping. But, like, it was tough. It was tough. and the, But that was one shining moment where it was, like, the performances between, you know, uh, Bilbo and Gollum, and um, uh, that's Andy Serkis, I, I think. And um, yeah. it was just, like, it was so good. It was, like, such a good yeah. technical scene. It, it you couldn't take your eyes off it, and then it goes into back to just a, a mess of action yeah. and other stuff, but that was that was like a, such a great scene. It sticks with me, even just just thinking about it right now there was and, actually
3: and for me, there oh, was sorry. a moment in each of the two films uh, in the first film i've only seen the first two um the the Gollum moment in the first film and smog in the second film that felt like they were of the caliber of the Lord of the Rings movies and yeah. and the rest of it really really felt that it was trying to live up to that and it rarely rarely met it in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean I I I thought that the thing that really succeeded about Lord of the Rings besides a lot of the te- the technical achievements were a lot of story points. I know yeah. a lot of people like will make fun of it's like, you know, slow-mo and and some of its more saccharine moments and shit. And that's probably all valid. But I think it has a lot of really nice story moments throughout. Um, even, even when it's at its most grandiose, uh, you'll have a scene like that ride of the row where it's really about, uh, Mary and Eowyn. And uh, there's, I just think that he balanced, he balanced, uh, spectacle with story in a way Mm -hmm. that I still don't think, I still don't think anyone has done since then, including himself. Um, but you know these movies have all kinds of problems and 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 some of the like you know every the most obvious criticism f- story wise would be you can't take one book and stretch it into three movies uh mm. and and blow it up the way you do but i th- i think there are counter arguments to that i think that like adapting that book is a lot more challenging than people are giving it credit for just to, for example um the third act of that book is and then there's a war of five armies. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's in a page. <laughs> yeah, you 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 can't uh if you're going to adapt that into a movie, you can't regard that battle the way Tolkien does in the book. There's well, no way. Well, well I the don't battle, know.
1: Battle of Hel- Helm's Deep was like a page in the original uh, Lord yeah. of the Rings. I remember the, reading yeah. the battles of Helm's Deep in the book and I was like, "Oh, that's it." And just moving along.
0: <laughs> you've got to you've you've got to blow it up. Yeah, yeah that like that's for the purposes of film adaptation, you you, you have to actually enjoy the battle yeah. or you have to turn it into a battle. I mean you have to like b- b- provide all those stakes and all that context. And once you've done that, you need to balance the story with everything else. So I kind of understand some of the decisions that he had to make. Also, you know, in the book, Gandalf does vanish. He pops up and suddenly is like there's an army of orcs coming. Yeah. Well, if you did that in the, in the movie, if you just literally – he just like kind of like materialized and was like, hey, I, I just want to let you know there's a <laughs> – <laughs> deus <laughs> ex be like- machina yeah you'd be
3: like where the hell did he come from well, so I, so I, am...
0: I don't, know. Ahead, I don't know if
3: I agree with you I, I think that I mean first of all you're absolutely right I mean first there's a lot less material to work with we're talking about a thousand less book pages to work with in the in the Hobbit than there is in the Lord of the Rings trilogy um, and but you know to what you were saying about the five armies I don't think um, I don't think it was necessary to, to to try to give it a big bombastic screen appeal and, I, and I, I'm going to break this all the way down to the bottom and I don't think it needed to be three movies at all I think you needed one Hobbit movie and then one linking movie, and that was it. But tell
0: tell me how – you tell me, John, how you're supposed to adapt that concept of a, of a five-army battle into, what, five to ten minutes?
3: Uh, yeah, I, I think you could have just uh, – it's not that critical an element to the Hobbit story that it needed to be. Um, you know, blown up. Of course,
0: yes, of course it is. It's the whole. It's 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 all of the falling action of the the end of the story. It's once he reclaims that land. It's you know, like I, I, a lot rides on what happened. You know, that aftermath.
1: Yeah, after uh, after yep. the dragon dies, there's a huge power gap. In, yeah. Um, because all the gold is is free, yeah. so they it, there is a lot to resolve, which is kind of <laughs> hard to do in. Uh, you know, a visual format that's not lengthy. I, I, I yeah. can see that. Yeah.
0: In that way, I'm, I don't fault some of his instincts to be like, we might have to stretch this thing out. And I know that like, there's a lot of cynics that are like, it's just to make money. Peter Jackson's got plenty of money. I'm I'm sure that new line and MGM didn't mind the decision. I'm sure they were like, woohoo. Yeah. Action but, figures. <laughs> but I, but I doubt that I doubt that Peter Jackson was like, let's forsake, my legendary uh lord of the rings trilogy for a few extra bucks
3: like i i really don't yeah it. i don't think that's the case
0: no, I, I uh, don't...
1: yeah i don't think so either yeah it, it it's it is baffling though and there there is a lot of decisions that you think that i don't know that that he would
0: he'd be a little smarter about i don't know like the the problem the problems are are execution for for the most part um in this last movie uh there's a scene where like uh, you know Legolas needs his big action scene right so i don't give a fuck about, i don't give a fuck about that you know there, there, there's a there's a point where like there's a the stone tower that collapses and then it becomes like a bridge that they can kind of fight on top of and then the bridge starts to collapse and Legolas is able to kind of like leap like their lily pads on the stones that are falling to oh, like recover himself God. just things there's also like a wide shot um of the dwarves trying to get up a mountain and they're on battle goats. Yes. Battle goats. Mm. Um, and they're just little CG thingies that hop right up a mountain, almost 90 degrees vertically. Uh, it, it it's by this point, you're just like, I don't care or just whatever, whatever well, you
1: say. Well, yeah, that, that, that's what happened in the first movie for me is when, especially like the goblin, uh, like escape yeah, scene there. town yeah, where where it just becomes like such a such a clusterfuck, you know, just so many things are happening. And I remember just, when it was exci- I'm just getting when bored. Exci-
0: remember when it was exciting to just watch the Fellowship run across a bridge? Well,
1: yeah, it was it, like in the Fellowship of the Ring, like they're you know like running away from like a lot of like in uh, was it Moria where they're running yeah. away from things you can barely even see them, but it was it was tense, and then the you know Belrog appears and. Like another thing happening, so like, there's these little moments that you could follow every move, and some yeah. things you didn't even see. It was just implied that things were chasing them. There's bad stuff happening. It was yeah. using the subtlety of film and
3: sound to it's using convey, the characters to express the fear rather than showing us the fear. Yeah, um, and is one and, of the and very confusing muddled scenes yeah yeah each of them so, it, it sounds like and i haven't again i haven't seen the third one but it sounds like each of the movies had one of those ridiculous bombastic action scenes too we had that ridiculous one. goblin town goblin town <laughs> in the first one and we had the ridiculous barrels in the in the second one i mean those kind of yeah. stand out to me as you know presentation pieces of of bad decision making
0: There's a, there's a, yeah. I mean, a lot of people will probably point to the fact that, like, within the first few minutes, Smog is killed in this one, and and it 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 almost feels like you should have just stacked that on at the end of the second movie. Yeah, Yeah, first dark downer. Yeah, it's given us blue balls for sure by (laughs) by leaving that out. Because it feels like it feels like Smog was gonna be a. Even just based on like the ad campaign, it felt like he was going to be a bigger part of the movie and then he's totally not.
3: Yeah, it's like when you get a celeb in and, you know, and they, they give him top billing and then they're in the movie for five minutes and then yeah, they're yeah,
0: out. Yeah,
1: because yeah, even they like Stephen Colbert interviewed Smog or whatever. Right, on right, on yeah, the exactly. shows. there's a, a lot of, of publicity.
0: Are you guys familiar with the, uh, the British, not the British, the Scottish comedian Billy Connolly? No, he's like the no. only British he's like the only Scottish person that Americans are normally like aware of besides Craig Ferguson. <laughs> I know Craig
3: they're Ferguson. They're basically
0: they're the only two people that like if like if you need to make brave or something like he's the, he's the only guy that you're going <laughs> to hire. Um well he he was hired as Dane Ironfoot which is like Thorin's cousin that comes to aid them in the battle and I had been you know I've I'm I've been aware of Billy Connolly since I was a kid and I was expecting to see Billy Connolly the dwarf and to get kind of a charge out of that. I haven't been able to find any information on this, but for some reason his face is mocapped.
2: <laughs> what mo-capped. does that
0: mean? It's a human face. It, 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 there's nothing about it that's fantastical. There's no reason to animate this human being. He, he, he you can put a wig on him. It, it look it looks like some it, it looks like the animation of somebody that you put into costume. He's not in the movie. Hmm. His voice is in the movie First, I, I, and maybe they mocap somebody else and they put it to his voice. Hmm. I don't know. I, I, I heard he had like health problems or something, but, it, but that was like a year or two ago. I don't know if that played into it. All I know is that everything surrounding it is so CG, you almost miss it. But you can tell <laughs> because you, you can tell because of the over over smoothness of the articulation of the mm, lips. Uh you start to realize that there's no impact. Like, you know how, like, when, you're, when your mouth closes, you make a P or a B? Yeah. There's kind of an, an impact when that happens. That's not happening in this. Like, he, he's just kind of like...
3: Yeah. It's <laughs> lousy realize. physics on the mouth. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, there was another
1: thing like that where, you know, there was an actor who left Game of Thrones. He played the mountain that rides... Yes, and um, it's not in the movie. Yeah, and he, he left to be in The Hobbit, and then they CG over him completely, and he doesn't appear at all. They so think that was a lot of, of kind of sucks that he left the, I don't know. A, left I, Game of Thrones. The Game of Thrones, and yeah. uh, didn't even appear Just in the they
0: movie. Had, it, so Nina and I um, have been buying the extended edition Blu-rays, not to watch more scenes of The Hobbit, because I I, I don't think I've necessarily even seen them. But we've been we've been buying them to uh, to watch the... Uh, insane amount of special features that come with them. It's mm. We're talking like 10 hours per movie of extra features. And those I highly recommend. Because when you go from Lord of the Rings to The Hobbit, I'm looking for answers. I'm looking for like, what the <laughs> hell, like what changed about mm. about your process? And the special features, of course, are slanted. They want you to see, you know, master filmmakers doing their craft. But, the, but what we got was this. On the Unexpected Journey Blu-ray, it is clear that they had major pre-production problems, and we always heard about the pre-production problems that they had. Uh, they had rights problems between MGM and New Line. Um, there were delays. The Australian Acting Union had stalled them for some reason. I remember seeing that uh, Peter Jackson got um, uh, he, he he had like a ruptured spleen or some shit <laughs> like going into it, um, and and. Pre-production for what would be a 300-day shoot, because that's what these movies are. There's a 300-day shoot. Uh, pre-production ended up being something like, I don't know, like just a few months.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I think that that – I think they're they're trying to sell to me that like they decided not to go with the models. They decided not to go with the miniatures and all this. I don't know if it was – so much a decision.
1: It was probably like we gotta start
0: making this movie, and yeah. let's just add it all in later. We'll figure out what it is. Because I know like Gu- Gu- Guillermo del-, del Toro was attached as the director, and then he bowed out, oh, and man, Peter Jackson I'd love was like, well, "See well, that get- movie?" Yeah, uh, we all would have. And 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 the the pitch, by the way, Mr. Massa was uh, there. He was gonna make The Hobbit one movie. He was gonna make two movies. The first movie was gonna be The Hobbit. And it was going to be what John Hunt is pitching, which is like beginning to end The Hobbit movie. Hmm. And then the second movie was going to be basically like episode three and a half. It was going to be like <laughs> b- between time uh, to bri- and his whole. He was like The Hobbit's going to be a Guillermo del Toro movie. And the second movie is going to be a bridging of styles between my and Peter Jackson styles to bring you into Lord of the Rings. That's what he was going to do.
1: Yeah, that that would have been interesting. And uh, I want to visit
0: the parallel universe where that happens. (laughs) So I think pre-production is one of the things that really hurt them. And then I think the second thing was that Peter Jackson didn't want to make these movies. Um, Yeah, I I can't say I can't put my finger on it exactly, but I feel a lack of passion when I watch these movies. Um, I see somebody who like (laughs) Nina and I have this joke that. I, I guess he owns the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang car, the antique Chitty Chitty, <laughs> Chitty Bang Bang car. Yep. And, and we've got this joke that he just drives around the lot like honking the horn on it and playing the music from that movie. And, uh, and he drinks like – they always talk about like he's all, he always has his cup of tea. We think he just kind of like rides around drinking marijuana tea because they, they would have like whole features on the Blu-rays where they were like, we shot dwarves sitting in barrels on a studio for 13 days straight with no dialogue. Or like, or dwarves running across mountainsides for thirteen or fourteen days, and it's I'm, I'm like, what the fuck are you shooting? Yeah,
3: yeah there's do really have, do you have a shooting plan? There's really no reason for those movies to be three hundred days in total shooting length. That seems ridiculous, and that's I'm assuming not including pickups and and reshoots. Right, it it doesn't, it, uh, or maybe I don't know. I'm not sure if it I, does or not. I don't
0: remember the Lord of the Rings took like. Didn't it took like 2 years or so. I don't know how many days filming days. I know that I know that total The Hobbit ended up taking longer to shoot than The Lord of the Rings did.
1: Oh, that's Yeah, it did, then it sounds like it didn't have much of a plan. It, it you know what it feels like it feels like it's just like, you know, something that you once had passion in, but now it's like an obligation.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know? I think he I, I yeah, I think he was like if I'm going to honestly take on another goddamn Middle-earth trilogy in my <laughs> lifetime. It's gonna be fun and easier.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it, and it shows. I, it shows easier. It doesn't really show like they had any more fun to me. But well,
0: it, I, I'm basing that off of the special features where yeah. he's like just kind of standing around with tea. Uh, you know undercover he's not outside he's in the studio and he's like just laughing to himself making the dwarves do stupid things over and over again that don't end up in the movie
3: (laughs) yeah it it didn't it didn't seem like the passion or or the attention to detail that was in uh, the lord of the rings really showed through in the hobbit at all except for again that golem scene that's such an an outlier in my mind um and and that was the very first thing they shot on the entire show was it really? Oh, really? It was.
0: It was. Well, it was maybe... the, the very first thing they did was they went onto that styrofoam set and they shot that scene. Well, maybe I maybe they um
3: they realized just after that that no, this is not going to work. We can't keep the energy <laughs> yeah. up.
0: But I do I do get the this is where I will concede that in this way perhaps Peter Peter Jackson is becoming a little George Lucasy, which is I think that the 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 advanced CG and the fact that he has the kind of team that he has now, I think of I think to him, it affords him flexibility. So he's like, well, if I just shoot everything this way, you know, on set with the green screens, um, I can decide to change it up. I can decide that actually I want, I want to throw in another goblin back there and I, or I want to paint over the face or I want to do this. And I think he, he like really allows himself a lot more flexibility and freedom on these movies. And and so it's like, I don't know. I, I it, They end up prevising things that are a lot more outlandish. And that's the kind of sense that I get that they have. and that, And in that way, he has more fun in as much as you end up with ridiculous goblin town tunnel scenes with no stakes, where people are falling hundreds of feet in the air and just kind of
3: land on soft tissue. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know how uh, I mean, it, it just seems to make the make it lack such integrity, especially with um with with how lousy a lot of the CGI is, even by modern film standards, not just using a lot of it, which is one thing. But there was some there were some legitimately lousy CGI throughout. I mean, uh, so this is this this is what I really wanted to talk about, because as much as we, there there are story
0: problems, there are acting. Pro- there's all kinds of problems in these movies. The thing that I that I couldn't put my finger on until we started talking was what is with the look of these movies?
3: Mm. Because mm-hmm.
0: I was watching um, the music video for the credit se- sequence. It's uh, Billy Boyd who played Pippin in Lord of the Rings. He ended up doing a song for them, and they put together a little music video, it's like that cute thing you can finally do when you've shot six movies, <laughs> where you can make a, like a, you can make a montage of like all the clips from them. And what it did was it really like when you put a Hobbit clip up against a Lord of the Rings clip, and we're talking there's no dialogue. This is this is muted image. Uh, it it really outlines that there's something wrong with the Hobbit, uh, and that yep. there's something very very right about Lord of the Rings, and that that was the first time I was I felt like my um my instincts were like reaffirmed where I was like yeah there there is something visual going on here on a technical level that I want to get to the bottom of, and that's when John started googling and linking me to things that I found very interesting. Yeah, what'd you find, John?
3: Uh, well, a couple of things. Um. First of all, there's a, a lot of a lot of complaints around uh, this uh, this big one, this teal and orange look, um, the teal and Color orange grading. Uh, and Apparently, it's not unique to to this film at all Uh, it's in many many action films and i didn't really notice it until i started looking and saying wow every big big blockbuster action film is using this style of grading where everything that's not the uh a skin tone becomes teal and skin tones become more orange and in the case of of the hobbit they actually do it with sunsets too you can see the ridiculously orange sunsets in the hobbit that are are outlandish and and completely impractical um lord of the rings didn't do that um Partly, uh,
0: it you know what they they re they recolor graded it for the the Blu Ray extended editions. They did? did they really? Yes, you're, and it, and you're guess, lying. It, guess what the uh, the the skin tones look a lot warmer, um, and and the and and the mountains look a lot bluer. See, that's the thing. I whenever I think oh. back
1: to Lord of the Rings and like Fellowship of the Ring, and I think of like these green land, like green. I think yes. green, beautiful, like green. forest, yes. beautiful color. All this stuff, and then, yeah, and then recently, um, like, I was showing you those pictures of, of Skyfall, which actually feels a little more deliberate, like, they thought about it. Like, I, I really admire, like, Roger uh, Deakins and most of his uh, cinematography, and maybe this is just a color grading issue, but um, and I'm not sure how much say he has on that, but, like, yeah. Skyfall is teal and orange almost comically, and that's when the first time I thought, like, like... Not subconsciously, but consciously, like there's something weird about these movies. You know, like
3: there's
0: only two colors in the whole movie, like of Skyfall. My my, my brain told me that that was just HD. I was like, oh, I guess this is this is what HD movies are going to look like now. This, this is what happens when we don't shoot on 35. That's what my brain told me, and I don't think that's the case. I think you can totally make 35 millimeter films look these look look this way.
3: Yeah, well, and I also I uh you know to to kind of back that up, this teal orange thing. Is not that old. It was not around at the time that we were um, that we were seeing, you know, the Lord of the Rings movies come out. So, uh, if they had had it at that time, would they have done it? Who knows? Uh, but they put it on the posters too.
0: Like yeah. the, the 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 graphics for the posters are color graded the exact same way. the The, the explanation that I heard was that. Those are two extremely contrasts. Th- like that, that's as contrasty as you can get in yeah. terms of like a dynamic it, look.
1: Yeah. On a on a color wheel, they're the exact opposites. Um, yeah. So. And because you're
0: mostly dealing with white people, um, y- you want to warm up their skin.
1: Yeah. So yeah, because the the closest on the color wheel is like orange, and then across from that is teal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But there, that that's like completely. There's no story motivation to that whatsoever. No,
1: that's completely technical and it's it's yeah. just a uh, it's just what it's just a reality. There's no motivation behind it. It's just Yeah. people are just doing it. Michael Bay does it exclusively almost. Um uh, Yeah, the one,
0: what was it? Battle, Battleship was the one that was pointed out as being the most gratuitous.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> like seems the, about right.
0: There was a bunch of shots, of, especially like their CG shots and stuff cuz you have like um not only do you have people and submarines, but you also have water and like rockets that have like fire on them.
3: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so you, can, you can just cast everything into teal and orange.
0: Yeah, it's really, really strongly teal and orange. Another movie, and this isn't even it isn't even blockbusters. It's uh, the
1: movie Drive. Drive is all teal and orange. Oh, yeah. Yep. If you if you look at Drive, and that's like
0: that's considered like an art house film.
1: Yeah, and it's a great film. Like the story yeah. is so. Good. I, I, I like I'm not I'm wondering since the blockbusters are doing this and uh, drive an art f- house film is doing it like what's the connection like what's the reason for using teal and orange besides it pops the actors more.
0: Not, a, not there really isn't. Uh, and what's funny is I I I feel like I keep running like whenever I try to read more on it. I all I, I keep coming across like um, After Effects tutorials on how to achieve it. Like, that's, what we want to, that's what we want to do, and I'm yeah. like, isn't this something to get away from? Because it's so goddamn unoriginal, and and it feels it feels more like it's like responding to market data than anything else.
3: I, I yeah. think it may just be this kind of self feeding effect in which because everyone is doing it, everyone is doing it.
1: Yeah, um, it's like you want your film to look like a blockbuster.
3: And yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. They're like, get that blockbuster yeah, look. look. Yeah, it's like film grain look. used to be Yeah,
3: film grain in, film- in Premiere 6, you know, when we all thought we needed to add film grain to our video feeds. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: It's, so I, <laughs> I remember that. So I, I see a lot of that in the Hobbit movies. But what I thought I saw more of and now I'm now I'm divided on it and I, I could use your help uh, sorting through this. Um, I thought I saw a lot of 300 style gray filter. And mm. gray meaning, let's see if I can describe it. Um, everything looks like it's on kind of like a gray, dusty plane, and the whites of the sky are kind of gray. Um, like I, I, I remember, like going back to like I don't know, high school. You would shoot on like a like a single chip camera, and the whites would be so blown out, and it would be like the first sign of like I don't know how to use a camera. It's, <laughs> it's a big a big blown out white. Yep. And then I remember like the three chip camera kind of handling the whites a little bit better and kind of softening them and maybe adding a little bit of color or a little bit of hue to the whites. And I started noticing it more when I was watching like, you know, actually budgeted films, how, uh, uh, I don't know what you, this is where like, I'm not as technical as you guys, but, um, the way, like the, the, I guess the sort of horizon between the sky and land, like that kind of that, like blur, that kind of fray, um, of light to things that are not so bright. Uh, I don't know if it, 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 doesn't have the effect of looking as blown out. Uh, but they started doing that. They started because everything was composited and green screened and then color graded over after a while. It looks like you just painted the whole frame with kind of like a gray wash.
3: Yeah, I, I think um part of it has to do with uh, dynamic range compression, um in video, which is a it's a trend that's been then going on. I'm not sure I mean I haven't really looked at it close enough to see, um where you just you're kind of making making impossible um collections of of light and dark in the frame uh, that, that can't camera. But really there's, a,
0: like, there's like a desaturation to it. Too. Oh yeah.
3: Uh, and it could just be the same kind of teal and orange thing, but instead of backing, backing off the teal and going more into, into uh, a gray or an, into a teal color that we just kind of associated with white. Um, that's, that's more gray, gray, white than obviously teal. What do you think you uh, Jay?
1: You know, I, I don't, I, I, there's definitely like a, a stereotypical like desaturation look in blockbusters and you you we've seen that in war movies all the time that classic look of just making everything look kind of, you know,
0: just, Terminator Salvation yeah, ter- I mean. yeah. yeah. just
1: like looking bleak and, you know, re- oh, like almost I don't know, it's not real, but it's like
0: Well, they call it gritty, but that means whatever yeah. the fuck they want it to mean. <laughs> yeah, it's so I think it it's probably something springing from
1: that but then also meshed with the teal and orange thing, it's just like this. Yeah, just lack of color. It's just it's just controlling the color in such a way that it's almost like du- duo tone. You
0: know. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I I mean you know I. I worked with Will Rogan on having fun up there for the color grade, and he he didn't do any of this. (laughs) (laughs) He wasn't classically trained. Yeah, he was. I don't know. Like, they they, they put so much effort into something that that probably takes a really long time just to make it look
3: worse. Yeah, I was actually looking at some tutorials about how to do some of this stuff after we were kind of talking about it. And it's quite a bit of work to color grade in this technique to, like, like, pull out the reds and all that stuff.
1: Man. Yeah, you got a eyedropper, the skin tones and make yeah. a mask and it's a lot of stuff, man.
0: I'm thinking of uh there was a, one of the tutorials you sent me John um showed like a, a production still that was that they they had a yeah. you know access to. Uh, I can't remember which movie it was. It doesn't really matter. Movie, movie, the movie. <laughs> um they had a production still that wasn't color graded and then they compared the same scene you know in its final grade to the production still and i you should have just left it looking like the production still yeah Yeah, it looked like look looked like real life yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) look too much like real life. that's the thing is like well i i've noticed this in a lot of like smaller films of people just color grading to the point where things just look just like garb like i'll see the tutorials where yeah they do the color grade looks normal and then they like like crush the blacks way too much, and they like do all this other stuff, and I'm like it's like almost so much work to make it look i don't know like too hyper stylized or something I don't even mm. know and and there's yeah. no there's no there's no reason behind it that's the problem
0: but i remember I remember when Lord of the Rings came out, I remember there being like John, do you remember on the d v d like the big deal was like, did you see that sp- special feature about the color grade, yeah. Yep. That was a big deal at the time, and they, it was they they described it as like we just want the movie to look fantastical, or we just want it to look otherworldly, like it mm. like it's kind of tipped from reality a little bit, and so they would kind of bring out some golden hues, or they would make things look a little bit off color, and it I I thought it was really acceptable. Um, oh, well, I think and it, it actually I I thought it helped. Uh, it, it, often it helped the backgrounds mix well with the miniatures and the models and the costumes that they had. Mm-hmm.
3: It was in service to the story. And I think that's, that's the difference between it in Lord of the Rings. It was in service to the story in the Hobbit. It was, we were, we were running by the Hollywood books.
1: Yeah. you were making, I, you were making the blockbuster Lord of the Rings. <laughs>
0: yeah. But I also, I also, I also think that they, there were technical reasons why they did what they did. Like I was just saying, I, th- I, I think that it made the special effects look better.
3: Yeah. Well, that was actually another point that, that, um, that folks were talking about is there's, there's some uh, suspicion and this is not confirmed that, um, that because the film is, is a, was shot in 4k 3d at 48 FPS, uh, a lot of extra CG work was painted in or added on because the, the practical effects didn't look right. They didn't look correct um the the uh, makeup was not really showed lousy in 4k and those kind of things people really seem to to lend a lot to that and think that there's problems with it. it's
0: that. not like 35 isn't high res i mean it's not it, it, it's, it's 2k all, all yeah it's 2k i mean it's you know but that that
1: shouldn't be in like service that like even if those were problems can you make cg that I don't know, it looks, looks good, <laughs> has <laughs>
3: well, color, has light. Oh, yeah, has... but I I don't think there's a lot of... Uh, CG in 4K is still a relatively new thing. Uh, it, it's, so there's not color. that many films that have been done in 4K yet. Well, talk about Gone Girl.
0: Oh, yeah, Gone Girl.
1: Man, yeah. That, I mean, Gone Girl is obviously a subtle use of um, green screen and special effects and
0: compositing um and he did some he did some wacky shit in that movie with compositing oh
3: yeah like um
0: john you didn't see the movie right
3: no i didn't should
0: i so this is j- just for some quick background this is dave fincher we're talking about this is the guy who did uh he's done some yeah you know, he's he's a master filmmaker he did fight club social network uh seven uh benjamin button uh, uh zodiac a bunch of movies and he um he's like a huge proponent of digital filmmaking. He's mm. kind of like, like along with Soderbergh as, as one of these guys who's like, I'm going to use HD and then I'm going to use 4k and I'm going to use the red and we're going to achieve more this way. And he's a real, he's got kind of like a Kubrickian, um, perfectionism about him where he'll take mm. a, b- a billion takes and whatnot in this movie. He, so uh, this is something I read. I, I, I hope it's true. Cause it sounds really cool. Uh, he would take, he would mix and match um, performances that were in the same camera setup from different takes
3: with composite. You could certainly do that. I mean, but, but that's a, that's a nice classic style effect. That's not like CGing the performances onto, you know, painting over a performer and CGing a model, which is basically what, what was done in, in the Hobbit. Um, yeah. Um I don't know if you saw the video I sent you guys.
1: Um I didn't. Okay, so it, it showed some of the special effects from Gone Girl and it used a lot of green screen, more than you mm. think. And um like all the ex- like inside the house, all the exteriors were green screen, like uh, like everything looking out of the house was green screen. There was a lot of compositing that way, and it's just it's subtle, but it looks so much better.
0: Mm. Um because, you don't think of Gone Girl as like a big effects movie. Yeah, it's but, it's kind of a it's people walking around a house, walking around a yard. Yeah, and and all those and
1: a lot of those were sets, but they were and you I thought like looking at the movie, I thought it was all natural light. I thought it was all yeah, this, and then I saw the behind the scenes, and it's it's a it's a stage, it's a studio, and like he he's so deliberate with every single, and that's that's why I think that that the Hobbit movies lack is like there's. There's no nothing looks deliberate. It looks effects in look service of the is. movie. <laughs>
0: yeah. Chris Nolan's another really good example of somebody who's a real stickler for um, for excellent CG. I, I, I've I've I do have problems with certain Christopher Nolan movies. I'll tell you one thing. I don't have any problems with any of his CG effects because I barely noticed them. Uh, yeah. They don't feel like they don't feel like he leans on them at all. And he just made a giant movie in space. So it's not like he doesn't use CG. He totally does. Uh, but. Yeah, he, and I also really, on a side note, really appreciate his, like, that he's the only guy who's like, let's do IMAX without 3D. Yeah.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Here, here.
0: Which is the only way I want to watch giant movies. Me too. IMAX 2D. (laughs) But uh, as
1: a a man with glasses, I appreciate a 2D
3: movie. (laughs) Because I can't wear the 3D glasses over my glasses. I just can't. It just. The thing uh, is, I, I. even if we go back to, to Lord of the Rings, there were lots of VFX shots in Lord of the Rings, again, in service of the film. You know, it's 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 not like Peter Jackson doesn't know how to do um, visual effects really good. You know? I wonder if he, he he feels a responsibility
0: at uh, f- being a guy who's making you know these big sort of culturally iconic films um, that revolutionized filmmaking in their time. Uh, in the same franchise, I wonder if he feels a responsibility to come up with new innovative things to employ. And that's how you end up with things like 48 frames a second. He's like, you know, this is the time to to try this and this is the time to try that.
1: Well, I mean, you saw James Cameron did that with Avatar and it was a huge success. And that, that, yeah. that whole movie was, was shallow as hell, but it was a vehicle yeah. for this technology and it worked yeah. out for James Cameron like a ton. So like I could see... Peter Jackson looking at that and maybe think, Oh, well I can do that too. You know,
0: it's it, it, the irony of course being that, like, you, you kind of almost can see how like George Lucas begets Peter Jackson begets James Cameron. Cause James Cameron cited Lord of the Rings as being the thing that uh, Gollum specifically being like, we could do a whole thing with mocap here. Mm. We could, uh, you know, imagine all and he ended up using Weta. So it's because <laughs> of Lord of the Rings that Cameron does avatar and then it's probably Peter Jackson looking reflexively back on it, uh going like <laughs> I could do that again. Which is kinda sorta what happened with like Phantom Menace coming out right after Titanic.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, you saw uh, the behind the scenes of George Lucas yeah. uh talking
0: about Titanic. Uh, we're never gonna make as much as as Titanic, but we can diminish the effects of it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um did did so, um, did the Hobbit go, use go ahead, Weta? John. Did they use Weta for uh for VFX? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, his, it's company. his company. Yeah, I, I can't believe her. it. Just it just looks like such shit. And and uh, well, <laughs> it,
0: it, that that that's a little reductive. I would say that lots of it looks like shit. Yeah. And lots of it doesn't.
3: Yeah. All right.
2: Oh yeah.
0: And th- and therein lies a mystery to me, which is like what's going on with because King Kong suffers from the same thing, uh, where you have some CG that is revolutionary. Yeah. And some that looks like 1996.
3: You're right. You're right.
0: So what's going on? Is it just literally the volume of shots and the fact that they all have a deadline and they have to complete it at some point and some, some are priority and some are not. Well, John,
1: you, you send out that ILM documentary, uh, (laughs) and, um, they were talking about how they were making, you know, these matte scenes and, and filming, uh, you know, the real things and projecting them on. And then afterwards when it didn't work, they had to retool it and do it again when it didn't look good. And I feel like there's,
3: there's not enough of that or there's not enough time for that. Um, Yeah. Well, probably by the, I mean, almost all the work for these films was done after that 300 day shoot. And probably a lot of decisions had to be made that were like, okay, well we can't reshoot the entire thing. We're going to end up just, you know, having a deal, I guess.
0: I know that like the, you know, on the desolation of smog, blu-ray, like the big cute thing was that, they were mixing the audio. They were doing the final mix literally like seconds before the studio insisted on having the film for distribution. Um, So he, he, he does these like tight deadlines and I wonder if, I wonder if uh, things suffer because of it. Hmm. Uh, He he could afford a few, like just don't design so many goddamn visual effects shots. Yeah. And I, I, I'd like to say that like maybe it's that he hates rain or something and that's that's what this (laughs) that's what it all has. One of your articles John was like Lord of the Rings felt like something that was shot in New Zealand. Yeah. The Hobbit feels like something that was shot in a studio that used New Zealand backdrops you know in CG. That's right. Uh, They CG'd in New Zealand backdrops and I think that's like spot on. Yeah. Yeah. now, is it that he hates weather? Is it that he hates helicopters? Is it they're, that they're expensive? I've watched enough special features to know, like, they, they went out to mountaintops. They did some of this stuff. But, uh, oh, I, I, I do know this. They, <laughs> there's a great, like, 10-minute stretch on the Desolation of Smog Blu-ray. They were shooting. It's when they're about to go into the Mirkwood Forest. Mm-hmm. And they needed to shoot the angles against the forest and the angles against New Zealand landscape. And they had some kind of logistics problem that didn't even make sense to me when they were explaining it, in which, like, they needed to flip where they were or something. Basically, what it all came down to was they brought out a giant green screen to put behind the actors to to composite in the landscape that they were already standing in front of later.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's excellent.
0: (laughs) And of course, we've probably all heard by now that Gandalf cried on set and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: I've seen the video. (laughs) For
0: anybody anybody who doesn't know, I mean, the long and short of it is it used to be that when you wanted uh, actors who were the same basic height to look taller or shorter than one another, you could use this really cool effect called this really kind of like simple and beautiful and and somewhat revolutionary effect called uh, Force Perspective, where you can just just by the magic of cameras, uh, you can push a character into the background and push another character into the foreground, and uh, with the right focal range, you can make them look like they're sitting next to each other but different heights. Yep. Can't do that when you're shooting in 3D.
2: So oh, uh you're
0: right. so they can't do they can't do any forced perspective at all on these Hobbit movies. Oh, that makes Fuck so much 3D, sense. Man. That
3: I That's, I didn't that did not make sense to me until just now that you you cannot do that effect in 3D. It'll fall apart.
0: So how do they how do you shoot a scene then in which there are a bunch of dwarves sitting at a table and Gandalf sitting at the same table and you have to shoot it all in a master. How do you do
3: that? Uh, green screen composite,
0: but you want them to be able to interact with one another, right? So what you've got, so what you've got to do is you've got to build two sets and you've got to have two camera crews and you have to have them communicate by uh earpiece. So, so the dwarves all get to kind of sit with one another on their own on their own. Uh, actually, they were in like the live set.
2: Oh, the dwarves
0: man. all sat together at the live set. Gandalf, Ian McKellen, Shakespearean actor, classical trained actor, old man ready to die. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, Ian McKellen had to go sit by himself on a green screen stage that was uh, over like next door a few feet. Um, and he had tennis balls to interact with. Oh, no. So he was sitting there with their heights at tennis balls. So he had thirteen tennis ball, tennis balls to look at. He had to get it right where where he was looking when he was looking. His performance had to be extremely mechanical to get the the basically the technical aspects of the scene correct. And he he broke down and started crying. And it's it's all on it's all on the Blu-ray. They didn't even like pull punches about it. They were like, "Yeah, we suck." <laughs> <Preserve> <laughs> we're torturing
3: this poor old man.
0: <laughs> yeah, and they, they all they could really do was like they got him a bunch of gifts in the morning,
3: and and, and uh, all in service of the shitty ass 3D effect that that no one wants and everybody like avoids the showtimes for. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> they're like, I have to pay an extra five bucks. I'll go at seven.
0: <laughs> so you, yeah, you you can't do uh, force perspective and. Um, and I would say that motion blur uh, uh, is impacted by uh, by the 48 frames, yeah. uh, even the 24 frame conversion. Uh, if you have enough, like uh, if you have a fast enough pan, camera pan, your eyes will hurt.
3: Yeah, that, that's, that's just because the technology is brand new. Uh, nobody's ever had to downsample 40 FPS, 48 FPS to 24 before. So they picked a technique and they stuck to it and it looks okay. But, oh, yeah, uh you know, I'm not gonna be a total old man about
1: everything and like like totally poo every single Because uh, like, you know, green screen has its uses, compositing oh, sure. has its uses, but there just is something. Because like, like with Lord of the Rings, they built they built sets like half with the the forced perspective in mind, mm. so that like I don't uh, there was some magic to it. Even the behind the scenes when you saw like where the the set splits in half and there's the right. big set where Gandalf is walking in and the little set where um uh who was playing Bilbo at the time um Ian Holm he, Yeah and he where he was acting and it was like it, it was like amazing. It was an am- amazing thing to see the behind the scenes and like them yeah. interacting in the seeing the illusion. Yeah. Um
0: I, yeah Ian there, McKellen Ian McKellen literally he goes like if this is acting now I think I might need to quit. because this, i don't want to act like this this is not this is no good uh and that play having flown to australia one time uh that's not a fun flight either so if you gotta fly all the way over there just to sit and stare at tennis balls uh, (laughs) talk to your
1: tennis ball friends
0: just so barefoot chitty chitty bang bang peter jackson can have his marijuana tea
3: (laughs) in 3d (laughs) all
0: right so so far what we've got in 3d so what we've counted is uh i i I would put it at the very top of the aesthetic problem of Lord of the, of, uh, the Hobbit movies as yep. being the color grade. The color grade, to me, is actually a bigger problem than the bad CG. You really? I, put,
3: I don't know. I put that at the top of my list. Gentlemen. All right. All right. <laughs> I don't know if you guys agree. No, I don't. Uh, I think CG number one problem. But. Here, here's, why, here's why you're wrong.
0: The, uh, when you watch the Lord of the Rings clips back to back with the Hobbit clips there are scenes from Lord of the Rings that are 100% CG mm-hmm. now yeah they're good CG versus bad CG but I'm, I'm talking about like there'll be a shot of Thorin just walking against the sky and then there'll be a shot of like Viggo Mortensen like fighting like some CG troll or something and it actually looked like somehow the CG troll scene looks better and I think, it, I think it's the color grade
3: no, I, I it is, but if you also if you look at some of the CG in The Hobbit, there's a lot of really lousy textures at work uh, on yeah. the actual 3D models. Whereas the textures in the in Lord of the Rings are actually much more advanced, much more um, care much more artistry in them. I mean, if you if you look at some stills Gollum, of the orcs, Gollum in The Hobbit looks a lot better than Gollum
0: in Lord of the Rings. Yes, Gollum in Lord of the Rings. If you revisit Gollum in Lord of the Rings right now, you'd be kind of like, all right, but yeah. you believe it because everything around it is working.
3: But yeah. but again. you you have you can't count in either the two movies smog or 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 um or golem to what i'm talking about here i'm talking about the rest all
2: right right.
3: um uh, the plasticky looking orcs the hundreds of plasticky looking orcs that they really could have just had much better textures you know that kind of stuff
0: yeah are you ej you know the goblin tunnel scene that you were having problems with yes did you know that they shot all like everything that's in the final movie? They actually did sh- shoot that with practical goblins, and then they decided that they looked a little too dumb, and they painted over all of the goblins' heads with CG heads. Uh, no, but um, I'm not
1: sure if even if there were real goblins, I think that scene still would be dumb. <laughs> I don't know. It's like no, you're
0: right, you're right, but but it's it's an example of like, for some reason they they're like sh- chickening out out yeah. of nowhere. Yeah. I agree. I, 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 I agree. Every, everybody was defending. Everybody was defending it as like, well, at least the actors had really good reference. <laughs> <laughs> I was oh like, oh, God. suddenly I we see. care about reference. <laughs> <laughs> well, fucking Ian McKellen is dying in a green screen.
3: It's <laughs> 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 the
1: green screen smothering him, covering him, no. he, oh.
0: being hit with no, tennis
3: balls? I don't want to act.
0: Uh, a complete side note it has nothing to do with filmmaking. Uh, you guys are familiar with Christopher Lee's metal Christmas albums? No. <laughs> he ever, Christopher Lee is ninety-two years old, and every year he releases uh metal Christmas music where he just chants the lyrics along to the music, <laughs> and it, it it is absurd beyond absurd. Like it was like,
3: "Glory to the Metal King." Uh,
0: every year this he releases a is, new album. Just,
1: this sounds <laughs> like true. something I have to look up. That sounds like something that like would be made up
0: by somebody. It's it's not at all. He He's just having a good damn. T- he's like, I recently discovered metal and, um, uh, it, it's a wonderful art form. Uh, he's just More power to him, man. That sounds great. Yeah, I know. I, I really love it. But in a, uh, in this latest movie, there's a scene where like the white council shows up to help Gandalf fight off. Like some of some of Sauron and Saruman, Chris Lee is one of the people that shows up. And, um, He's looking a little better than he did in the first Hobbit movie. He, it looked like they gave him like a, a calcium injection or something like that. <laughs> he but wasn't looking good in that, that first one. one. Because we're so aware of how completely crippled he is, the, the the illusion is broken so quickly when he suddenly like starts sword fighting a bunch. Um, and they 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 didn't even do like the um, Attack of the Clones thing where they kind of like composited his face on some other guy. This time, like his hair just got in the, got in his way, like. <laughs> Kind of like a metal musician almost like his <laughs> hair. He was just kind of headbanging with his big white hair and it was just suddenly a stunt guy. So all I could think yesterday as I rewatched the movie was, I would love to rescore this to Christopher Lee's metal. Music.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, they should just like uh, turn it on for him. Yeah,
0: you know? He'll let you have it. Yeah. He's not going to like hold back the rights and make it a big deal. But gosh, That
1: would be great in the film. Dip <laughs> <laughs> me in blue paint nude.
0: So, um, all right. So lousy CG. We all knew that. Um, a story problems galore. Uh, uh, excess. Bad color grading. Is there anything else that's a, that's contributing to the aesthetic displeasure? Uh, that well,
3: I'm we already discussed the the use of forty eight FPS, new unnecessary new technologies.
0: Some people will really defend. Kyle is one of the people that will really defend forty eight frames per second.
1: Do you have a uh, Do you have a argument for uh, what would Kyle's argument be?
0: That um that it's more aesthetically pleasing, and the because it's more lifelike, and the only reason that we uh that we don't accept it that we only accept 24 frames is because we're used to it that it's not intrinsically more pleasing i think it is intrinsically more pleasing i,
1: I do too because the, you get that subtle motion blur that you you see in when you look at things i don't
0: know yeah <laughs> that, that that's what i and I, and and uh somebody made the point recently they were like you know painters paint in motion blur
3: yeah <laughs> because that's <laughs> It's what you see. Yeah, yeah well, right, I mean, it's right. the difference between when you when you pan your eyes and things actually appear blurred or you're just staring at a screen. I mean, I remember I saw only the first one in 48 FPS 3D. And man, yeah, it, I, was, I was so disoriented by that film. We um, podcasted right after it in the car with iPhones. We like exhaustedly yep. <laughs> ranted about it for a half hour and then passed out. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, did they even it, it, did they release the third one in any 48 FPS showings? I don't know. I would call the whole thing a failure.
1: Yeah, they didn't after after the first one, they didn't even advertise that it was available.
0: Like (laughs) nobody talked about it. Everybody forgot. Well, what they say about, you know, what Peter Jackson would argue about 40 frames a second. I think James Cameron's an advocate of it, too. Um, In general, what what they're saying is like because it's more lifelike, it feels like you cut a hole in the screen and that these are stage actors in a stage play Hmm. that you're no longer watching a movie. You're watching life yep um there's one problem which is that legolas is jumping on falling <laughs> lily lily pad rocks <laughs> and um it looks like fucking crap and i don't think i'm watching life at all well you know what
1: there's another thing is i don't uh my problem aesthetically is there shouldn't be <laughs> legolas in
0: this movie <laughs> at
1: all yeah. Oh, yeah yeah
3: not to mention yeah, he's looking kind of old and not like
0: legolas anymore when he's obviously to be. i think We're all kind of exhausted by like the wink, wink, like you already know this character cheap stuff. Yeah. Um, I think there might, from my point of view as Lord of the Rings fan, I, if if you're trying to, I try to keep in mind, like if you were trying to design it so that you can watch the three Hobbit movies back to back with the Lord of the Rings movies and it feels like a a cohesive story that grows rather than it being like a, like something that, okay, I've already seen Lord of the Rings. Now I'm watching this fan service Hobbit movie. Um, because that that should have been the goal of both Lucas with the prequels and Peter Jackson with the Hobbit movies is is you're trying to make something that somebody who's never seen any of them can watch in a row. Um, in that way, I think it might be kind of fun, kind of nice if if Tolkien said that Legolas is the you know a woodland elf who is the son of the woodland king who is a major character in the books. Mm-hmm. I think it might be kind of nice to see him in the woodland realm. I don't think he's a character that needs to have the final showdown with the f- CG orc.
3: Not to mention a love um, story.
0: Um, I think like another, you know, there's a scene where like he he looks at a photo of, of Gloyne's son and he's like, w- what's this piece of shit? And, <laughs> and Gloin's <laughs> like, that's my son Gimli. That's just too uh, too yeah. hat, hat naughty. Tip of the hat. But I think it's okay. I think it's okay to, you know, you got to be careful with, it, Star Wars had this big problem too, which was, um, it, you make the world look way too small when mm. there are too many chance encounters.
1: Yeah, like yeah, C three PO being built by
3: Anakin, and uh, there's
0: like seven. There's like seven people in the galaxy. Yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> it wasn't necessary. It's not necessary in in either of the two film series to do that, and yet but I think they it, insisted. It might
0: be. It it might be kind of nice to because the elves are immortal and all that kind of stuff. If you if you saw Legolas for a moment in The Hobbit. And you were like, oh, I, you know, I kind of slightly remember him. And then he pops up as part of the fellowship. He becomes a major character later. I think that that could be OK. Oh, that's,
1: yeah. Yeah, that's, that's fine. No, I, I think just hinting at like the complexity of the universe. Yeah. Um, is great. But like, yeah, the other way kind of shrinks it down. It's like these are the characters from Lord of the Rings that go on to the. Yeah. yeah. Lord <laughs> of the Rings. G- yeah. Go find this person
0: in 50 years. Yeah. Go find a strider. Yeah. <laughs> that was just i don't know what the hell that was uh, and, and i feel so bad because it's lee pace who has to deliver it um who plays like uh ronan in the guardians of the galaxy movie and yep he, he just seems he you know he's trying man he's he's like i'm gonna i'm gonna deliver this like i would actually ever say it <laughs> there, there, there's not even really a re he doesn't even provide a reason he's not even like well <laughs> if you find yeah. strider then maybe you could finally learn how to do the laundry or so i don't know like he, there's not even a good reason to he's just kind of like because uh go, there will be more movies oh yeah go find <laughs> the next movie <laughs> the, the, the line is the line is literally um he goes he uh, his father arathorn was a good man he may someday grow to be a great man that's <laughs> what he says I'm like, well, when did, were you a fucking fortune teller, <laughs> oh. reading palms in a styrofoam oh, set? Ugh. All right, well, I, I, I was also kind of hoping that this discussion of The Hobbit would lead to talking about other horrible, sad trends in other like big movies. Is there anything that we missed that we would like to see less of in aesthetically, technically speaking, in uh, a, 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 any kind of tired trends?
1: Hmm. you know I, I just in general like <laughs> i was talking to you uh the other day about watching uh air force one and uh just how not cynical it is you know yeah. <laughs> like yeah. everything has to be like this weird cynical view of the world and like you know everyone's an anti-hero there's nobody who's just like well if you're huh. innocent you're dumb, right?
0: Yeah. Innocence is, is stupidity. Yeah, yep.
1: innocence is stupidity now. And there was something that was just fun about it, just watching Harrison Ford, the pure good president, kicking ass and uh killing Gary Oldman with a parachute. Um, so.
0: I, I, I I I sort of think that Guardians w- is getting us there. That, that's
3: I was actually going to say that, but if you look at it, Guardians is really like is is a Star Wars film. It it's basically the yeah. same kind of kind of story, and it's 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 nice that it's throwing back in multiple ways like that. And I think it is. I think it is. Um, it, it's it's kind of taking us out of that cynic- cynicism that's definitely a problem. You're right. AJ. I
0: mean, they are anti-heroes They are pirates. Yeah, but,
3: you know. They're all—they're basically all Han Solos
1: defending the galaxy. Yeah, yeah But yeah. It, it, but I agree that there was some, even though all of their backstories are horrible, they're all like have so much tragedy. But like it was so yeah lighthearted and um, you know he had a the bad guy didn't have much to like much character development. But I don't think they needed to. And I think it was just yeah it was just fun. It was like a return to Star Wars. It was a blockbuster. And um, I, I felt really good about Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, I, I felt it. like I it, thought it was, it was a, good, great. a good turn for Marvel. And hopefully, you know, it continues.
0: I I think I'll put uh, my finger right on what makes Guardians. If there was one thing that makes Guardians really stand out from other blockbusters. It's simple. It's pacing. Mm. The movie had a really amazing sense of pace. And, and I'm not seeing that in very many other movies. Yeah, there, there's,
1: there's no uh, that. That's something that I got really tired of in the past couple of years. Is no, yeah, there's no like editing. You know, <laughs> like the, the things no. aren't edited down to a proper length. Like, like Transformers was two and a half hours, and people were like, "Well, that everyone saw that, so oh, let's have God. our things be two and a half hours or run it as just long as possible." Awful, awful. That was and an there's awful no, there's that. no reason behind it besides that. Other, other blockbusters were this length so we got to be this length but i uh, that's the that you're right like G- guardians of the galaxy was a solid 2 hours yeah didn't overstay its welcome once it was yep. done i was like i was so thrilled i didn't think it like uh no. dipped down like or it didn't slow down like and drag on so but well, there's you- a
0: funny thing with with video games which is um I think a lot of times, like if if you sold me a video game and it was only 10 hours of gameplay, I'd probably feel like you should have charged me less money. Yeah. Mm. But does does less gameplay equal um, more? Does more gameplay equal more value? In the case of movies, we know that that's not true. We know that an extra hour does not necessarily mean an extra hour of value. No,
3: (laughs) not Uh, at all. It can really
0: diminish diminish the overall experience if you don't put the good bits close enough together. A lot of people complain that Bilbo Baggins is not in these Hobbit movies. Well, Mm. if you took all three movies and you made an edit in which all the Bilbo parts were close to each other, you wouldn't make that complaint.
1: Yeah, so uh, we it, we got to
0: make our own phantom edit of Hobbit movies. I'll <laughs> wait for Topher Grace or whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah, uh, but um, I may, man. I don't know. I I enjoy that kind of thing. Uh, I'm looking over my my list of movies I saw this year. Unfortunately, I'm kind of lame and I don't really see a lot of independent films because I make them instead. But I I do see most like major cultural thingies. And I liked X Men X Men Days of the Future Past a lot this year. I like I actually liked Captain America Winter Soldier. I liked um, uh, I liked Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I thought uh, it was one of the best. Movies I just of the I just year.
1: rewatched Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and I thought that was. I think it's it has a, a third act problem, um, yeah. but
0: it's not quite as tight as Guardians. No, in it,
1: it could have been, and yeah. I I feel the length on that one just slightly, but it it, it is. Still one of my favorite movies this year.
3: Did any either of you guys happen to see the new uh, Spider-Man film this year? If you want to talk about a movie that had um, the kind Robins. of problems you've been talking about, <laughs> I I
0: did not. I didn't see Amazing Spider-Man two because I have already seen four
3: Spider-Man movies, and that's <laughs> that's end. more than anyone ever needs to see.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I saw I saw
1: the the uh, the Sam Raimi trilogy, and yeah. I, th- I I I almost saw the the Amazing Spider-Man. It's um,
0: tempting, right? Because you want to see what somebody else might do with it.
1: And I didn't. I didn't end up seeing it. Um, I, I certainly I saw like that. I did it again on, on demand. It was just like free. And I was like, oh, I could watch this if I wanted to. And then I, I didn't. I think I, by, watched, I watched The Avengers instead. <laughs> it, is,
0: it is by the numbers. <laughs> yep. The the only thing that might be better about The Amazing Spider-Man than than the Raimi trilogy is, um, I, I think, better CG across the board. Mm-hmm. But not 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 nothing that excites me.
1: I, and I wasn't actually that thrilled with the Sam Raimi trilogy. Like,
0: no, I, did, I, I don't really. Yeah. Like, I, I'm so far. I don't like Spider Man.
3: Yeah, and there's nothing. It's too bad too, because he's like he's he's one of the best characters. You know, or, I guess or, it's supposed to be. I I don't read con, <laughs> it's I don't The way read he's comic sold. books. So. <laughs> I
1: can
0: only. Go uh, like yeah, movie. I, I, I don't really either. One one movie I would uh you know that like got totally overlooked this year that I would really point at for, um, directorial visual prowess is the box trolls.
3: Oh yes. I haven't seen yep. that. No, uh, I have, re- I've seen some really clips impressive. Uh, and they were, they were beautiful and amazing. I have to see it. Um, did you see the There's whole a, thing? Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. I, yes. I went to a movie theater and watched oh, the whole theater, thing. You say <laughs> I didn't walk. I didn't just walk in during the middle. Um, the, uh, If you still, you know, basically there's the Wallace and Gromit people and there's the box troll people. Mm. I think the box troll people did like Paranorman and, you know, those movies, um, uh, Coraline. Um, if you still make stop motion movies these days, um, it's cause you really want to. Yeah. And if, if you really want to, then you do it right. And, um, uh, watching it shot in that high resolution, uh, I did not see it in 3d. Thank God. Um, I mean the, the 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 just incredible animation and incredible ideas. I mean to me that's like you know there are a lot of talented animators out there, but what really excites me is great ideas. Hmm. Um, we know that like a lot of a lot of Pixar movies are filled with great ideas, but you don't see a lot of other kind of animated films like that, and hmm. this is definitely one of them.
1: Yeah, I, I saw Paranorman, and I thought that was just it was great. Uh, it was good. It I liked had some it. It had some problems, but like I thought, it was just so imaginative and so yeah, yeah. um, clever. I don't know. It, it was very good.
0: That's what this has going for it. Is like just really incredible, like imagination. Um, just this this dopey little idea of like uh, uh, these trolls that that are in boxes, and um, you know they're not really hurting anybody, but they're kind of like you got some like really fat like cockney British people that are racist against them <laughs> <laughs> and decide that they got to like round them up and they, they have like a government that is completely like their currency is cheese. Hmm. Um, like they, they, they just, they just, they just like completely like they, they have an excessive amount of cheese and they have these cheese tastings and it's supposed to like, I guess, communicate like their wealth and their status. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's really good stuff. Um, but that's, you know, looking at at my list of what I saw this year, that's, that's the only, those are the only movies that kind of stand out. There was one really standout performance. Um, There's the Theory of Everything, the Stephen Hawking movie. Oh, I want to see that, yeah. The movie itself is like totally Oscar bait, saccharine nonsense. But he plays multiple stages. I would say he probably plays like seven to ten different grades of Lou Gehrig's disease over the course of 20 years. Oh, wow. like. You know, really? I lose this muscle group and then I lose this muscle group and then I lose this vocal thing and, and you can actually watch a disease happen and that'd be fine if it was somebody who actually had the damn thing. <laughs> this, this is a guy who like at the beginning of the movie is walking around talking perfectly fine. And then over the course of the film, you watch him turn into the Stephen Hawking that you know today on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it's, Simpsons. it's really, yeah. And on uh, the Simpsons, it, it, it was really impressive. It's the kind of thing that, um. That that you should win an Academy Award for because it's not easy. Yep. Yeah. Um, so with that, uh, uh, thanks, guys. I wanted to talk about this bullshit with somebody. No, it's a good topic to decompress on. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. You guys should now go see these the rest of these movies and and if <sighs> if you feel like you have anything left to say about them, come on back.
3: I'll probably have to go see it.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll be watching a lot of the Oscar bait movies because I. I like I like the Oscar event. So.
3: <laughs> Me too. Oh,
0: I'm I'm glad because we we watch it every single year and we uh I, we always try to wa- at least watch all of the Best Picture nominees.
1: Yeah.
0: I, well, I remember
1: you did the podcast. I think yeah. uh, for for the uh, Oscars, I wouldn't mind
0: joining you on that one. You should. Yeah, you should yeah,
2: absolutely. You should. absolutely.
0: But but the requirement is that you got to clean up. You got to watch a lot of those movies. <sighs> Yeah.
2: <laughs> See, <laughs> yeah. I, I,
1: I I don't go to the movie theater that often, so as soon as they get on demand, I watch them. And that's the problem is that these 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 studios are very stingy. Maybe with the John, interview. maybe with the interview, they'll start, <laughs> they'll start doing more John, digital.
0: John belongs to Usenet and we'll all be seeing all of the films. <laughs>
1: yes. Oh, okay. Uh I will
0: uh so with that, I'll look out for uh, that. Uh, yeah look out for that i actually i saw the interview by the way you might have seen uh my facebook post about it yeah um, it's it is it is what it is <laughs> it's just so so fucking stupid um but there's so much more to say on the interview that that this isn't the form <laughs> yeah let's um, end it here <laughs> long long story short terrible movie you gotta watch it or else uh you know your are it's it's as soon as as soon as somebody threatens you with violence, you kind of have to do the thing that they <laughs> yeah. told you not to do.
2: Yeah,
0: it's,
1: it's, uh, yeah, that's that's the thing. You gotta do what you're told not to. It, yeah,
0: it's it, as soon as someone says, uh, "If you eat that cheese, I'll punch you." You gotta eat the cheese. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
3: Take the punch, or at least think about it really hard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will talk to you next time. Enjoy your 2015.
2: See ya. Bye-bye. And in chitty chitty bang bang, chitty chitty bang bang. What we'll do? Near, far, in a motor car, oh what a happy time we'll spend. Bang bang, chitty chitty bang, bang bang, our fine four-fendered friend. Bang bang, chitty chitty bang, bang bang, our fine four-fendered friend. Chitty friend. bang, bang, chitty chitty bang, bang bang, chitty bang, bang, chitty chitty bang bang, chitty bang, bang, chitty chitty bang bang. Oh, you, chitty chitty bang bang, chitty chitty bang bang, bang love you. And in, chitty chitty bang bang, chitty chitty bang bang, what we do near, far, in a motorcar, oh, whatever done will win. Bang, bang, chitty, bang, 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 bang oh fine for friend. friend. Bang, bang, chitty, bang, chick-titty chick-titty bang, oh fine for friend, friend. You're sleek as a thoroughbred. Your seats are a feather bed. You'll turn everybody's, everybody's head to We'll glide on our motor trip. With pride in our relationship, the envy of have always Chili, 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 bang bang, Chitty- chili, bang bang, we love you, bang. And chili, chili, bang bang. Bang bang. bang bang, bang bang, what chili Bang bang, bang bang, I'll, I'll find for friend, friend. Bang bang, chitty, chitty, I'll I'll friend bang bang, i find for Chili, bang bang, chili, chili, bang bang, find for friend.